Welcome to Realty Talk, the show that brings together the country's most authoritative and respected property experts. Follow us on all the socials and subscribe for updates and exclusive offers. Realty Talk is powered by realty.com.au, connecting buyers, sellers and agents differently. Hello and welcome to this week's show. Well, today we're joined by a luminary of the property industry, John McGrath. John is the founder, current managing director and CEO of McGrath Estate Agents. And with 111 offices, McGrath is considered one of Australia's largest real estate networks. John is a former judge of Channel 9 hit renovation TV show The Block and was also an investor on season one of Shark Tank in 2015. Well, today, Bushy Martin and I will dissect the latest McGrath report on property in Australia. And amongst other things, we're going to talk to John about the COVID influence on housing, the current rental crisis that we're in, the property ripple effect, bridesmaid suburbs and John's postcode shift. In the description below the show today and on the website, you'll find a download link so you can get your copy of the full report and we give that to you with John's compliments and we thank him for that. So stand by Bushy Martin and I back in just a moment with John McGrath. Property depreciation is the natural wear and tear of a building and its assets. Property investors can claim depreciation as a tax deduction each financial year. Depreciation is a non-cash deduction. This means you don't need to spend any money in order to claim it. On average, BMT tax depreciation find residential investors almost $9,000 in first full financial year deductions. Call BMT on 1300 728 726 today for an obligation-free quote. Hello and welcome to the show. As we said at the start, we're going to be joined by John McGrath uh, as we look at the McGrath Property Report. I always look forward to this report coming out. It's very, very extensive. John, thank you so much for your time. Great to be talking to you. Thanks, guys. Good to be here as well. Yeah, I think we've got you. Where are you in Parramatta right now, the Parramatta office? Yeah, a little, little bit further west at Blacktown. So we've got a couple of our, interestingly, our fastest growing offices. Probably not surprisingly, they were in the west of Sydney and uh Blacktown, which is kind of very much the heart of, you know, sort of the, the market at the moment, mm. um, which is uh, good. So this is a, we've just been out here this morning uh, getting the troops up and ready for the day. Good. Excellent. I said in the intro, there's 111 offices. Um, you're looking at growing that. Um, and we will talk about Queensland, but um, good growth on the back of what's happening in Queensland for you? Yeah, look, I, I, across the East Coast predominantly, Kevin, we think that we've got the opportunity to double the footprint or the size of the business in the next three years. But Queensland will definitely be a focal point, uh, not just because I'm talking to you guys, but it's, uh, it's, I think it's going to be a, a rapidly growing market. There's so many positives for Queensland at the moment that are pointing towards more price rises. Uh, and as I think we're going to talk about in the, in the, in the next session, I think that uh, there's good yeah. news. Yeah, John. I, I want let, let's get into the report. Let's dig straight into it. And um, you know, no doubt, right up front, well, not really a surprise. We talk about COVID, uh, and co you know, COVID's had a, a massive impact on on us. But in particular, I, I like the way you focused on the impact on housing because there have been some benefits that have come out of COVID, haven't there? Well, interestingly, I mean, everyone thought COVID was going to be the end of the economy for a moment there, and yet we ended up having a 20 or 30% increase in most markets. 
But not only that, one of the things that we're highlighting in the report is the fact that COVID is sort of changing the way people live, literally, in the space of the last couple of years. Um, I mean, clearly one of them is work from home. Uh, I think the last statistic I saw uh, in the Sydney CBD anyway was 50% of the office buildings were still um, without people in them, which has meant that 50% of the staff are probably never coming back to those places. So they're clearly either regionalised or more likely working from home remotely. So that's going to put um, some different strains on the household. I think uh, things like the obvious of, you know, work from home spaces where people can actually carry on a full-time uh, job at home, uh, that's going to change the shape. It's going to require a lot of people to upgrade the size of their property, but also means they're going to spend a lot more time at home in general. So you've got things like lifestyle amenities, you've got things like home gyms. I think you're going to come back into vogue because, you know, people are going to really re retire back to the home, not literally retire, but come back to the home to be spending more time. So I think it's interesting and we've seen from a design perspective already um, different shapes and sizes starting to emerge off the back of the COVID trends. Yeah, yeah, you make a, an interesting reference in the report to architecture, John. I'd uh, love for you to expand on uh, what that means. Yeah, but you say the, the bar architecture is, you know, during COVID, a lot of people decided, well, if we're going to be home, I better have my new best friend, which will be a dog or maybe a cat. And uh, the, the number, statistically, the number of uh, people that uh, that bought dogs um, during the COVID and cats went up tremendously. And so that's just another example of lifestyle. So a lot of people that were in units might be now looking for a small piece of turf where they can have a cat um, or a dog. Uh, they might need an extra bedroom now to convert into a home office. So these things are, are happening. I think they're all positive trends. I think giving you know human beings the flexibility to work from home uh, or, or obviously going into the city is a good one. And it's also certainly going to help the regional areas or areas outside of the major metro because... Yeah, you know, the commute in and out of CBDs was was treacherous, but now you may not have to anymore. Yeah, Interesting well, point you make in that report too, John, where you talk about um, uh, the, the mentality shift or, or, or the fact that we've had to move from open spaces, which and we've built a lot of houses in our time and we always went for that big wide open spaces, but COVID sort of driven us uh, and shown us that we really need to have those get get away from its spaces on our own yeah i think de defining spaces kevin which can happen somewhat with furniture but also you know flexible sliding screen doors and the like yep. i think rather than perhaps having a locked off third bedroom or study people will have a third room adjoining a living space but the ability to slide the doors closed for privacy or for zoom calls like we're doing today so i just think it is going to it's going to create uh, more flexibility uh, it's a good thing. I think people are now looking at how they're living their lives a bit more intently. A lot of people that were thinking of retiring and going somewhere else to live, well, now they're going somewhere else to live and work at the same time rather than waiting for another five or ten years. Yeah, a very good point. Uh, you sort of pick up on another trend there in the report as well, John, where uh, so I'd love for you to talk about what you mean when you say that, uh, I'll ask the question, uh, if Australia's place in the sun is set to rise. Yeah, well, look, you know, at the moment, we're probably most markets that we're talking to today are probably somewhere uh, heading down or towards the bottom of their cycle. But I think there's so many positives looking forward. I mean, if we have a look at um, what have we got coming, we've got immigration returning, you know, post-COVID, we've got a huge amount of skilled workers are going to come back to Australia and, and including expats. 
we've got record low unemployment. So we've got a pretty solid economy there. Yes, we've got interest rates that have gone up a bit, but they're still about half traditional long-term averages. So it's more the shock of them going from 2% to 4% rather than the 4% because the 4% is actually you know, not too bad. You've got most people deleveraged, interestingly, which is kind of a fancy name for paid off a lot of debt during COVID, partly because they were scared of what might happen and partly because they weren't able to travel and spend money in other ways that they could have previously. So I think you look at it and you say, well, yes, it does feel like we're kind of in the in the in a deep dark place at the moment. But if you look ahead, and you know, the three of us have been through a few cycles for sure over the years. And when you're in the middle of them, they feel like they'll never end. And when you're in the middle of a boom, you think it'll never end either. But I think that we're probably 12 months to go in in the kind of current market sentiment um, that we're feeling. But I do think that Australia is going to be, and not just because of COVID, just a lot of expats are going to want to get back here for various mm, reasons. Mm. And even what we just spoke about, Kevin, which was the, um, you know, working from a distant location. Once upon a time, you kind of felt, well, if I'm going to work in, if I'm going to do business in Sydney, I have to be in Sydney or Brisbane or even London. Nowadays, it's commonplace for people to be working remotely, even different countries, and carrying on a good consulting business, advisory board directorships. There's a whole range of consulting um, people can be doing uh, from remote. So I do think that COVID, is, as tough as it was for us all to get through and as sad to have lost as many lives as we lost, I think there's going to be some silver linings and some benefits to people uh, as a result of having it in our lives. Yeah, that, that shift to regions is really interesting. And I want to pick up on that a little bit later, John, because I think it's brought on a lot of pressure for councils to, you know, look at um, the increased demand for accommodation. But I, I just before I go there in a similar vein, I just want to talk about the, the rental crisis that we're seeing in Australia right now, which has been brought on, I think you say in your report, you know, the, the, the sudden absence of new migrants because of COVID. Um, do you see a solution to this rental crisis that we're, we're facing? Well, it's going to get a bit worse, I think, Kevin, because right now developers and builders are just not building anything because either they can't afford it, they can't get finance, construction's gone up, costs have gone up 30 to 35%, and prices have probably come back 15%. So I think a lot of developers are just going to sit on their land for the next couple of years. So the shortage that we see today is going to continue, if not, well, it'll actually get worse because migrant numbers are going up and new builds are coming down. So I think there's going to be a bit of a problem there. Um, but over time, these things always sort themselves out. Investors, as yields go up, because rents will go up and investors will say, well, OK, the yield, the increased rent is going to help the increased uh, interest rate that I've got to pay. So, uh, you know, these things have got a funny... Uh, way of sorting themselves out over time. But the next couple of years, I think we're going to continue, especially in the big metro markets, to find that there'll be pressure on rents upwards and there's going to be a shortage of rental stock, uh, unfortunately for tenants, because it's 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 terrible. You know, it's a roof over their head and some people are having trouble finding uh, anything from a rental perspective. Yeah, I think the uh, rising rents and the extremely low vacancy rates are, are pretty clear uh, reinforcement of what you've said on the report, and that is that we're really in the eye of the storm before we, we see uh, values start to rise again in, in the not too distant future. Yeah, yeah, it to totally. But of course, that will invite investors back into the market. Um, a lot of people, as we've seen over previous cycles, in times of uncertainty, 
people tend to flock back to bricks and mortar. It's well known to them, especially baby boomers and, and the generation below. Um, it's comfortable. Uh, it's less liquid, so it's less likely to have the kind of ups and downs, you know, over time that, that the share market can often provide. So I think that um, I think probably two years of a tight rental market, but then we'll start seeing it normalise after that. Uh, it's interesting you, you quote Tim Lawless from CoreLogic in your report actually a number of times, which is um, which is really good. Um, and he talks about migrants to Australia and how they have a tendency to rent before they buy. That obviously has a lot of ongoing benefit long term, but short term it's going to increase that demand on rental properties, John. Well, yeah, they're, they're, I mean, the government initiatives to invite and attract skilled workers, which is a great one, and we need them. In fact, we need workers of of all different levels of skills in Australia, because I think everything from, you know, the bush and hospitality right through to white collar um, is is in demand. Um, but I, I think you're right; they're, they're going to just add to the already uh, over flooded rental pool at the moment of tenants. Um, so again, it's good for investors, um, not so good short term for tenants. Um, but I think you've just got to hang in there until things get a little bit easier. Stay with us. Our guest is uh, John McGrath. We're looking at the McGrath Property Report. We're going to come back after this very short break. I want to talk. Uh, we're going to talk to you, John, about the ripple effect, the bridesmaid suburbs, and your interesting point about the postcode shift. Stay with us, John McGrath and Bushy McGrath, and I will. Um, uh, sorry, Bushy, Bushy Martin. Too many M's. I <laughs> uh, will return in just a moment. Successful property investment is a game of finance. Do you have the right team and the right game plan? Realty Talk is brought to you by Know How Property. More than mortgage brokers, Bushy Martin and his team of investment architects set you up with a sustainable strategy structured to lower your costs, tax, risk and stress while increasing your capacity for growth. Know How has helped over 1,900 homeowners and investors secure more than $800 million in property wealth. So get set to live more, work less and live your legacy. Want to know how to invest in your freedom? Visit knowhowproperty.com.au. Welcome back to the show. Our guest is Sir John McGrath, and I'm joined by Bushy Martin. Get it right this time, Kevin. <laughs> and uh, we're talking about the McGrath Property Report. John, I want to go to a section that, where you talk about the ripple effect, and we've heard that before. But um, pan the pandemic, once again, has played a role in this, in that ripple effect, and brought on some bridesmaid suburbs. Tell us how you see those. Yeah, Kevin, look, you know, there are fashionable suburbs and there are less fashionable suburbs and ultimately the less fashionable will become fashionable. And I look for Sydney siders that might be looking at this. You look at areas like Redfern that were once considered, you know, taboo areas and, and dangerous and risky and so forth. And now they're some of the trendiest, you know, inner city uh, enclaves in the country. And as we saw prices shoot through the roof during the pandemic, I think it started to force people to look for similar lifestyles nearby but less expensive and often that's areas that need gentrification uh, areas that are a little bit more remote or areas that might have some sort of structural issues but in the future they'll be resolved so what, what we have found is that, that we're starting to see a ripple effect or a trickle down effect if you will where so, some of the suburbs less fashionable suburbs are starting to really get a move on fast so i guess the you know what's in it for, for potential investors currently listening to this is 
you know, have a look at, take, be prepared to maybe look at taking some calculated risks on suburbs that might have a bit of industrial activity or a little bit of aircraft noise or, or so, something like that, that, that in the future may well change or, or infrastructure. Again, I'm referring to Sydney in this one, but uh, and Brisbane's the same. There's been some infrastructure changes that have all of a sudden made suburbs that were a 45-minute commute to the city now all of a sudden they're a 25-minute commute. So if you'd have identified that a few years ago and got in early, you probably would have doubled your money. So I, I think it's just being flexible. Um, people say to me, oh, you know, my kid's never going to be able to afford. And I'm sure everyone listening, no matter what age they are, probably felt when they started, they wouldn't be able to afford their first home. And it's always the hardest one to get on that on the, on the property ladder. But I think, uh, yeah, ha have a look around, look at the fashionable suburbs and then say, what is the um, closest proximate less fashionable or, or suburb around and you know are there is there some merit in looking at that for an investment or even to move into yeah well said it's always worth putting the the future glasses on and looking at an area and what, it, what it's going to be in 10 years time not what it is today and I, I think you make some really good points in the report where we you know overall we might be seeing median values uh soften but uh Contrary to that, some of these bridesmaid suburbs have actually been increasing in value. So the, the devil's always in the detail around that. But uh, mate, sort of shifting to a, another area of the report, you sort of suggest a, a shift from the beach to the bush. What, what's happening and why? And what are some of the challenges and opportunities that this is creating? Well, I, I think bushy, it's the overall you know COVID factor that people are now bringing their retirement um, forward or they're seeing that they can work remotely. And, of course, beach and, and rivers, waterways have been a huge favourite for every generation, for all Australians, for many, many years. Uh, how and, and what's that done, of course, and you look at areas like Noosa and you look at Gold Coast, Sunshine Coast, um, and they've become very, very expensive. So what we're finding, a lot of people now is they're saying, well, I do want to get out of town. I do want to be within a few hours of a big city to visit the grandkids or to travel when I need to. Um, but maybe I can't afford the lifestyle I want on the beach or maybe I just like a tree change more than a sea change. And I think, you know, that's becoming you know, really, really popular. So two to three hours from the big cities, uh, especially on the East Coast, where you can find a tree change opportunity um, it's very, very popular. Mudgee, in, in, you know, is, is about three hours you know, west of Sydney and that's probably our fastest growing office at the moment. The, 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 the values and the sales and the demand from, from Sydney, for example, have been extreme over the last couple of years. So I do think that um, people are not just looking for a sea change now, tree change. And we look at Tasmania. We've just opened a couple of offices there, Bushy, and we're excited about Tasmania. We think it's going to be a great option for for people around Australia that want a little bit more value for money. It's got great sea change and great tree change potential there. So I'm excited, you know, that people are now, I think courtesy of the internet um, and courtesy of COVID, two, two kind of major impacts to our lives in recent times, people are now flexible. They're looking elsewhere. Once upon a time, you were born in a suburb and you probably lived there for the rest of your life and you bought a house just around the corner from your family. People are now exploring new lifestyles uh, and sometimes it's well away from where they, they grew up. So I think for real estate, as, as tough as some of these things have been, it's actually uh, pointing towards a more interesting future for us. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, there's some commentators, John, that have been sort of suggesting that or questioning whether this is a permanent trend or whether it's more a bit of a boomerang short-term reaction to COVID. What, what are your thoughts on that? 
Look, I think it's a permanent trend, Bushy, but there'll definitely be some people that try it and it doesn't work for them. In fact, I was talking to our, I think it was our Butterham team uh, the other day, just north of north of Brisbane, and they were saying to me that there'd definitely been some people from south, from Melbourne and Sydney that had come up there and in search of a of a, of a sea change lifestyle. It hadn't worked for them. So no doubt there'll be some people that trial it and maybe out of the 100% that trial it, 80, 80% will love it and the other 20% will, will fall back into a bigger city environment. But I do think uh, it's a definite long-term trend, uh, but there'll be examples of people that it just doesn't work. Don, the feedback that you're getting from some of your officers, and I think you mentioned there, um, was it uh, Mudgee um, with yep. the growth? Yeah. Um, the, the, I'm interested in the feedback you're getting from them because I think it's been about 40 years since we've seen the kind of growth in the regions outstripping that of these cities uh, that's putting a huge amount of demand on building infrastructure. So what are you hearing from your people on the ground about the demands in those areas, John? Oh, look, it's interesting because it's not just, you know, the big city buyers moving there. It's a lot of local demand. Um, I think the rural and regional areas have economically done particularly well over the last decade, as we all know, Um, be that through mining or or agriculture. It seems to have been a pretty good time. And and I think that, you know, they're enjoying a good economy. Um, We're also seeing a sort of mini boom in terms of infrastructure and what some of those towns offer. Um, you know, Mudgee's a great example, beautiful uh, tourism, hospitality, it's got great vineyards, it's got great lifestyle, and it's three hours from Sydney. So, you know, that's just a good example. So I, I think that this trend is going to continue, and it's it's not just isolated. Right around the country, we've got a, a, one of our fastest growing offices in Ballarat, in Victoria, also a couple of hours out of, out of Melbourne, but accessible to Melbourne. Um, beautiful, beautiful environment, a bit chilly in the winter, but beautiful environment there. And uh, and people are saying, hey, I've always dreamed of living, you know, with with sort of on a on a quarter acre block or on five acres or 10 acres, if you will. And I can still be in Melbourne in two hours for a meeting if I need to be. So I, I think this is this is a trend. That, and, and I think all it took was a bit like Zoom. We're on Zoom now. Zoom existed before COVID, but not too many people used it. COVID forced us to use Zoom and now all of a sudden it's commonplace for meetings and and events as we're doing here. And I think it's the same that the opportunity to work a bit more remotely in sea change, tree change communities was always there, but it's kind of been brought to our attention and things like Zoom have made it easier and work from home has made it an easier thing. So it's kind of just brought uh, brought it to the surface. John, just a couple of questions before we go and before I'll just mention that if you'd like to download the McGrath report. We've made it available, a special link in the description below here. So, John, thanks for allowing us to do Thank that uh, because, it, you know, this is, it's just so full of so much tremendous information. And at the, stick around too because at the end of the show, Bushy and I are going to go into a little bit more detail about some of the areas that John and his team have highlighted uh, in different parts of Australia. So um, we'll, we'll do that in just a moment. But, but John, um, just in closing, a couple of questions, if I could. What, what do you see as the... Um, looking ahead, bring your crystal ball out for the next 12 months. Where where are we headed? I think that we're probably going to, we've seen in the big cities, Sydney, Melbourne, Brisbane, predominantly we've seen we're getting towards the bottom of the market. I think we've seen about a 15% decrease. Um, And I think that there may be a few percent to go, but I think we're pretty close to the bottom. Uh, I think it'll stabilise at the bottom. I think once interest rates have reached their, their, their stable position, 
um, people will start coming back in in larger numbers. As we've mentioned previously on the on the chat, I think you're going to find immigration plus people coming back naturally into the market, plus a solid underlying economy, which is underpinning all of this. I think you might see a little positive pop bounce back in about 12 months time. And then, you know, we're kind of getting ready for the next cycle. But I, I think that when I was talking to someone, Bushy and Devin yesterday, and I said, look, if you can pick within 5% of the bottom or the top of the market, whether you're trying to choose one to buy or sell in, you're a genius. No one can pick the absolute bottom. So anyone, any buyer that's out there waiting to find what is the best month to buy in, you're never going to do it. But if you can get within 5% on the way down or 5% on the, on the way as the market starts climbing, you've done well because you've, you've got a 10 or 15% discount built in already. So I think that buyers are starting to, we've seen the numbers starting to improve at opens as we get into spring. So I think it's going to be okay. Um, there's obviously some bad news to come, just general economy stuff, but that, that'll all wash through the system. There's still a lot of good news. The Australian dollar's at 66 cents when I last looked a couple of days ago, and so for overseas investors and expats in the States, they're getting a 40% built-in discount on US dollar. So I think there's also going to be some attraction, especially for expats, of reinvesting back in, in Australia. Yeah, well said. Uh, I think you're... The sort of theme of the report, John, you know, chaos creates opportunity, uh, really sums it up. Have you got any any further thoughts uh, as we bring it to a close around that? No, I just think, Bushy, look, it's, it, it, you know, these, these can be for some people tough times, but um, for most people, I think there's good opportunity. Uh, a lot of people that couldn't afford the house of their dreams this time last year now can. It's a positive I think whether you're buying or selling, you've got to take a long-term view. This is not like the share market. You can buy something this morning and sell it this afternoon. You've got to take a long-term view. And if you found a home your family loves and you can afford it, I'd be saying pretty good time to buy right now. Uh, if you're selling, I think you're probably going to be sitting around these levels for a couple of years, but then you'll start to see a little bit of an increase thereafter. But, yeah, times are good, and, and hopefully we can touch base in the near future and sort of see how our, our expectations fared. Yeah, well, very well said. Uh, you've you've uh, had a, a great track record of being uh, right in the past, John, so I have no doubt it'll be the same this time around. And uh, on behalf of Kevin and I, John, we just really want to thank you for sharing these very valuable insights uh, today and, and thanks for your generous time on the show. Absolutely my pleasure. It's always a pleasure to speak with you guys. And, Kevin, you've been a great supporter for many, many years, so uh, it's always great to be back on your show. Good on you, John. Thanks, mate. I appreciate your time. But don't forget, you can get John's report to use that link down below. Thanks, John. Thanks, Bushy. Thank you, guys. Great Thank to you, be guys. Here. Make sure you stay with us here on Realty Talk because after the break, as Kevin's already mentioned, we're going to do a quick summary of the report, including a bit of a breakdown on what's happening in each of the East Coast major capitals. Stay with us. You're watching Realty Talk. Property deductions can save you thousands of dollars each year. To make sure you maximise deductions, you need to work with the most experienced quantity surveyor in the country. BMT Tax Depreciation is the leading specialist in the industry. They've completed over 700,000 tax deduction schedules for residential investment and commercial properties Australia-wide. BMT guarantee to find double your fee in the first full financial year deductions. Call BMT on 1300 728 726 today for an obligation-free quote. Welcome back to the show. Hey, Bushy, how good was that? I mean, John's uh, an amazing man. He's got so much knowledge. This report, 
by the way, I'll just remind you once again, is available. It's free. It's about 40 pages, I think, Bushy. It um, is. It's a very, very good document and goes into great detail as Bushy and I are going to take you through now state by state or cap city by cap city and look at some of the areas. But, you know, get it's a free download. Just don't miss that opportunity. Um, Bushy, let, let's let's duck around the country. We'll start at Sydney. Um, it's been a, It's been a funny mix in Sydney, hasn't it? I mean, the biggest city in Australia and the prices are all over the place. But interesting that gap between houses and units um, really highlighted in the Sydney market in particular. Yeah, and I, I think uh, John had sort of spoke to that pretty well in terms of the impact that COVID's had is to pushing yeah. people away from one, the CBDs, but but two, into larger properties that are more flexible and therefore the, the housing demand has really blossomed, whereas the apartment market has, has really struggled. Mm. Yeah, I think we saw growth, uh, house price growth of 33% in 2020, uh, peaking at 1.4 million. Um, so, hey, just before we leave Sydney, uh, John's top picks are Edgecliff, Oatley, North Richmond, Valgala Heights and uh, Jindabyne. You can get a a detailed rundown on why he's chosen those when you download that report. Brilliant. Well, let's let's jump into Melbourne now, Kevin, uh, because it's fair to say that Melbourne really soared with post-pandemic optimism in the opening months of this year, but that come that has now come back and has lost a bit of a momentum. We're, we're now seeing medium house prices around about the nine fifty thousand mark, and apartment prices at about six hundred grand or thereabouts. And uh, this is due to a, a, a number of factors that they talk about in the report. One, less government stimulus with the reopening of businesses uh, and interstate borders, uh, reduced housing affordability owing to the previous price surges and rising mortgage rates. However, uh, I'd, I'd note that they describe in the report that they're really seeing a bit of a two-speed market with uh, values in regional Victoria remain quite buoyant. So, you know, we're seeing price growth in regional Victoria that's expected to ease in, in the months to come. But uh, some areas are still on the rise where some of the larger regional centres like Geelong and Ballarat are starting to see declines. Uh, interestingly, yeah. a couple of the suburbs that have talked about there, Kevin, North Melbourne, close to the city. And one of the other areas that really picked up my eye was Point Lonsdale down on the Bellarine, where I'm actually currently taste testing and, and living as we speak. So we're, we're still seeing a bit of a shift in terms of the regionalisation there. Kevin. I've got to get down there and do a bit of taste testing with you too, mate. Hey, listen, just before we leave Melbourne, wasn't it painful to watch during COVID that 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 huge lockdown they went through? And when you think about it, the pent-up demand, that was, it was like opening the floodgates and, and that created that two-speed market as well, I think, or, or added to it, Bushy. Yeah, I totally agree, mate. I, I lived through it being down on the Mornie Peninsula uh, uh, during that time, mate, and I, I, we actually hold the world record for the longest lockdown yeah. anywhere around the globe, mate. So, uh, yeah, interesting times. But tell us about uh, the read on Brisbane. Yeah, Brisbane. John's uh, made the point too. It has to come down to the Olympics. I mean, the, the build-up for the Olympics. Living living in Brisbane or very close to the inner city part of Brisbane, you can see the amount of infrastructure that's going. And now, I read an article this morning about you know the the underground tunnelling that's going on under Brisbane. Uh, it's it's massive. What's what what's going? And it's no wonder that the uh, the market here is doing so well. Hey, just on a side note, uh, Bushy, um, uh, you know, with the very tragic death of the Queen, um, and you know the 
the crowning scene of uh, the king, King uh, King Charles III, the Gold Coast was the first region, I guess, to actually name a street after King Charles. King Charles Street is now official in Paradise Point, so there's a little bit of a side. There you go. I, for I you, didn't mate. know that, mate. And I, I, I just hope that the uh, Queensland government... Uh, uh, don't strangle the golden goose a little bit with their recent yeah. uh, interstate investor land tax grab that uh, has been implemented. I mean, it, right, it, does, it doesn't show any signs of um, changing, but uh, but surely common sense has got to prevail. There's so many people talking about it. You talked about it in this show last week. Yeah. Um, you know, just it's it is crazy that they can't see that. And then, of course, they come up with another harebrained scheme, which is. Um, Saying that uh, granny flats and backyards are going to actually help with rental, uh, the rent. They, they they literally bushy do not do their homework. You know they. No. I, I think the people advising them, um, you know, are, are morons because they just don't think these things through. <laughs> Can't believe it. No, very well said, mate. Well, I'm I'm, I'm shipped into Canberra and and as... talking about talking about morons. <laughs> 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 well, uh, interestingly enough, uh, because there's so many public servants and the government centre is in the ACT, <laughs> Canberra has actually seen three years of really consistent uh, exponential growth and has yeah. now actually decoupled from the smaller capital cities uh, to join both Sydney and Melbourne as Australia's most valuable property market, Kevin. And uh, Canberra is now the second most expensive capital in the country with yeah. median house prices over a million bucks. Which is which is more than Melbourne and medium apartment prices are a bit over six hundred grand, but although Canberra has seen these exponential price rises, uh, based on the McGrath report, there's still lots of opportunity for future growth, and this is obviously given the underpinning of government employment and the continued infrastructure spend. We're going to see areas uh, that have identified in the report, like uh, Demon Prospect and the Belconnen Tower Centre, just to name a couple, will. Uh, increasingly show some uh, future promise, Kevin. Yeah, and of course, uh, with that that great growth in Canberra, Bushy, a lot of people are reinvesting, you know, working, you know, they've had massive growth, they're looking for other opportunities and probably gearing against their existing property and looking at uh, investment properties, which will be great for the rental market, of course. Absolutely, absolutely. Let, let's let's jump to the the uh, Apple Isle, uh, Kevin. What's your thoughts on the uh, Hobart? Here? Gee, I tell you what, uh, there's been so many predictions about Hobart and the Tasmanian market over the last couple of years. Um, Bushy, you know, where we've been waiting for it to stop. It shows no signs of stopping. That's for sure. Uh, that um, COVID, I think, played very much in the favour of Tasmania because I think some of their recent promotions have been come down come down and get some fresh air or something along those lines. I think John points that out in his report. But, um, you know, the, and, and the state government there have been very good with some of their stimulus as well. So that's all added to it. But, you know, John's saying in his report that it's not going to slow down. No, well, uh, there's no doubt that Hobart's had an absolutely stellar run over the last five years. And, that, yep. you know, talking about the ripple effect or the bridesmaid effect that... that uh, the McGrath report focuses on. Uh, you know, I, I recently was down there having a look uh, at the northwestern coast of Tasmania and, and agree with uh, the McGrath report that Davenport in particular yeah. uh, really is shaping up uh, to be, you know, it, it's going through a major urban renewal 
program, the large of its kind in regional mm. Tassie, and that's likely to future-proof that area as Northwest Tourism Gateway. So yeah. we have plenty of opportunity there. Of the five areas that John highlighted in his report, um, that was the only one in, in the regional area. The other two, of course, in the two major cap cities of uh, Hobart and Launceston. Uh, he's, he's pointed out uh, in Hobart, Sandy Bay and Kingston Beach, two beautiful locations, I've got to say. If, you, if you're going to live somewhere, you might as well live in a place like that. And in Launceston, uh, St Leonard's and Invermay. In which yes. I, I hadn't heard much about in Vermeer, but interesting reading there. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we as you know, Kevin, uh, we're currently on the hunt for opportunities ourselves, and we've been having a good look in and around the Launceston area, uh, given that there's still really good value. Mm -hmm. You can get very sizable properties uh, for pretty good money in that location. Yeah. So uh, I, I guess it sort of bring that to a close. Uh, I totally agree with the reports reading that you know chaos creates opportunity. Uh, when we're seeing such widespread change with the COVID catalyst really opening up the field so that we're no longer just focusing on the CBDs, but but now the uh, infrastructure is allowing us to pretty much live any live and work anywhere. Uh, it's pretty exciting times as far as property is concerned, Kevin. Absolutely, my friend. And uh, gee, it's been fun. I've enjoyed this, Bushy. Thanks for having me back on the show. Um, you know, any opportunity to get and, and have a talk about uh, my favourite subject, real estate, but particularly enjoyable to join John McGrath. Uh... Totally, mate. Uh, always love sharing that microphone with you, mate. Uh, and I'm very humbled to have the opportunity to be hosting the show. But uh, that, that pre pretty much brings us to a wrap for this week's show. Another big thanks to our special guest, John McGrath. And while you're there, make sure you don't miss another episode of your trusted voice for all things property by making sure you subscribe to Property Hub on your favourite podcast player. Also, make sure you sign up on the realty.com.au homepage where you can check out one of Australia's most extensive range of properties for sale from over 7,000 agents nationally. We are even going to find properties listed that you won't find anywhere else. So before we go, Kevin, we'll have another big thanks to realty.com.au, BMT Tax Appreciation, Apero Marketing and DM Media for their ongoing support. And on behalf of Kevin and I, remember to always get invested and we look forward to seeing you again next week. Miss something in this week's show or want to catch up on past shows? Do it anytime at realty.com.au where we connect buyers, sellers and agents differently. 